Hi, it's Dwyer, gamblersadvisory.com, a free site, bettingangle.us, a free site. It's Saturday, December 17th, 2022. Let's talk heavyweight boxing. Let's talk Daniel Dubois. But first, remember, the opinion you should follow should be your own. Just consider this video to be a second opinion from a complete stranger online. Now, let me just say, um, I did not like the referee's performance in the most recent Daniel Dubois fight, right? I thought it was an atrocious finish. The guy he was fighting, Kevin Lorena, had knocked down Dubois three times, right? Three times. You're at the very closing seconds of the third round. Lorena himself gets dropped two times in the third round. Okay, fine. I believe referees in moments like that need to ask themselves at least the following two questions, right? The first is, is the fighter who's bad off this round? And Lorena's bad off in the closing seconds of the third round. Right, has already been dropped twice. Is the bad off fighter still in the fight? Is there still a scenario where this guy can win the fight, is competitive on the scorecards? Right now, that wasn't the case in the Derek Chisora Tyson Fury recent fight. Right? By the time that fight is stopped, Derek Chisora, even his own corner, knew he was down by several rounds. His only chance of winning the fight was by stoppage. Right? That was his only chance. And a referee could look at the condition of Tyson Fury, realize that that was remote. Tyson Fury was in much better condition than Derek Chisora was. Right? The fight wasn't trending Chisora's way. Chisora hadn't shown an ability to land heavy shots on Tyson Fury. Well, in the Dubois fight, it's different. Right? Lorena may have been bad off at the end of the third round, but he had knocked down Dubois three times. He had shown an ability to not just land big shots, but to have them count. He's very much in that fight. The referee should have understood. This is a competitive fight. We understand fights have ebbs and flows. We understand that at the moment of the stoppage, it was a high tide for Dubois. I don't doubt that. But at the time of the stoppage, the fight's competitive. Let's talk about the second factor that the ref should have thought about. The amount of time left in the round. It's a competitive fight. Both guys have knocked down the other at least twice. At least twice. Both guys are in the fight for that reason. Right? Both guys have shown an ability to win the fight by knockout. Now, I'm not from the Richard Steele school of refereeing. Steele is the ref who stopped the infamous 
Meldrick Taylor, Julio Cesar Chavez fight. I believe a referee needs to consider how much time is left in the round. Right? This ref should have been looking at the fighters and should have realized, hey, whatever happens in these last closing seconds of the round, the guy who's well off is going to have to stop throwing punches. The risk faced by his opponent has a safeguard because the round's about to end. The opponent is going to have a minute to recover between rounds. I believe in a competitive fight like this, where you're literally in the closing seconds of the third round, the referee should have let the fight continue. Right? Both guys had knocked down the other guy multiple times. Lorena was about to have a minute to recover. A minute. Let him have that minute in a competitive fight. You allow Dubois to recover after the first round. Why not allow Lorena to recover? Right? So I thought the referee slipped up. I thought his performance was inconsistent. Right? Let's also understand. I don't care where the fight is. Both fighters should be governed by the same rules. There shouldn't be a different set of rules for Dubois based on his reputation than there is for his opponent. I thought Dubois got the benefit of the doubt big time in the first round. Right, folks? He's down three times, and it's troubling. Right? Dubois is voluntarily taking a knee. You look at him, his legs are gone. A referee could have looked at Dubois and said, hey, I thought the guy might have had some neurological issue. His legs look stiff. Right? I know after the fight, Dubois talked about how one leg was messed up. Right? Understand. It's not like Dubois had a torn ACL or tore knee cartilage. No, the leg was messed up neurologically. Dubois got hit and his leg stiffened. Now, everyone understood Dubois was the favorite in this fight. That shouldn't have mattered. You don't bend over backwards and say, well, Dubois is the favorite in this fight. I'm going to give him more leeway. That's not the way fights should go. The way you treat Dubois is the way you should treat his opponent. If you're going to let Dubois on incredibly shaky legs, folks, Dubois looked like he had a problem just standing upright in that first round after he got hit with some shots. If you're going to allow him to continue under those circumstances, you need to give his opponent the same level of consideration. Here, that didn't happen. You mean to tell me Lorena just had to go two more seconds and the, the bell would have sounded? You mean to tell me this veteran ref didn't know after a career of dealing with three-minute rounds that we were in the closing seconds of the third round. 
What I want people to do, too, is to look at the last exchange between the fighters, right? I know Dubois lands a great uppercut, and I know it looks like Lorena's head might actually come off his body. It's a great uppercut. But moments before that, as Dubois jumps in the pocket, he gets hit with a left hook up top. It freezes him for a moment. In other words, Lorena isn't there just defenseless getting battered. He's throwing accurate punches back. He lands a very good punch in that exchange. Very good punch before he gets hit with the uppercut. So let me just say the ref gets really a failing grade from me. I thought the refereeing marred the fight. Now let's talk about Dubois. He's a very important heavyweight, folks. He's extremely important. He's a big-time litmus test. Not only that, he has a minor belt, and they've given him a ticket to the dance, right? His sanctioning body has said, hey, we want Alexander Usyk to fight you in your next fight. Now, we know that's not going to happen because Usyk wants to fight Tyson Fury. Fury wants to fight Usyk. That's a bigger fight. That's a unification match, right? But just to understand, Dubois, who's flawed, right? Who you have to look at as possibly having some neurological situation going on, right? He gets hit early in the fight, first round. This is the level of Dubois' defense. He gets hit in the first round hard right here in the forehead. And based on that shot, his legs stiffen. Right? Understand, this isn't a Luis Ortiz situation where Ortiz gets hit by Andy Ruiz and lights go out. Ortiz, you can tell, goes dark. Right? You know, is out. Then, of course, Ortiz is able to get off the canvas and continue fighting. This isn't that situation. This is a scarier one. This is where a guy is hit and he's completely conscious. But the punch has caused a leg to go dead. So Dubois realizes that he is unsteady on his legs and takes a knee. Right, folks? When you see a situation like that, just understand that opens up the possibility that an opponent, if he hits Dubois the right way, could stop Dubois, right? There's going to be a fight where Dubois' legs go dead and don't recover for 10 seconds. In boxing, there's the concept of a liver shot, where a fighter gets hit in the liver, and while fully conscious, he can't get up for 10 seconds. For an excellent example of this, Look at Bernard Hopkins's KO of Oscar De La Hoya, right? Competitive fight, De La Hoya, a warrior, gets hit in the liver, hits the canvas, understands his legs are dead. He starts pounding the canvas. He's that upset, right? Wants to continue, his body won't let him. Now, understand what that means for an opponent. An opponent watching this fight is thinking, oh, I can turn out Dubois' lights, 
right? Dubois' defense isn't the best. He's hit with hard shots in the first round here, right? His defense isn't the best. If I can get aggressive, if I can step out of my envelope and land some shots, I might be able to take Dubois out of there. But understand, that's the challenge. Because Dubois has hand speed. Dubois has punching power. Most importantly, Dubois has an aura. Right? 6'5", when he comes in the ring, he has a certain swag. He has a certain athleticism. He's one of the better athletes in the heavyweight division. Right, folks? The decision tree for an opponent is, okay, am I going to raise room temperature here to get Dubois out of there? Because I think this is a guy whose body goes dead at times. At least his leg can go dead at times if you hit him the right way. Right, but understand, their bullets coming back. Cautious fighters like Anthony, jo um, Anthony Joshua, and I think that'd be a great fight. Joshua Dubois, who are tentative, who want rounds to heat up, who want to see the lay of the land before they walk across the country. Right? Can a cautious fighter get out of his comfort zone? and actually engage in a shootout, because that's what it would take to topple Dubois. Because understand, if you aren't firing bullets at Dubois, figuratively speaking, he's going to be firing bullets at you. Right? Dubois is not bashful. This is a guy who comes in, you can see the hand speed. You can sense the athleticism just by how he moves. There's a little bit extra movement with Dubois, right? Dubois comes in the ring. He walks in the middle of the ring. You're about to hear from the referee. You're about to touch gloves. And you notice Dubois has a little bit of an extra rhythm on him, doesn't he? You understand this fight is going to be physical. I get the feeling fighters start the fight. Lorena, I believe here, starts the fight, gets Dubois in trouble, but sees enough of Dubois' hand speed and senses enough of Dubois' power to understand that even after he knocks Dubois down three times, and make no mistake, Dubois is taking a knee because his body's not cooperating. His legs have stiffened. Lorena comes out the second round, He's a little tentative because he knows he's dealing with someone who's nuclear. He understands the fight could turn literally on Dubois' next punch. Right now, that's extremely important in this heavyweight division because we just watched a fight. Dillian White against Jermaine Franklin, where both of those guys are just slowly taking off. Right? There's no fast start to that fight. The guys are well-behaved. They're sportsmen. They're slowly turning up the oven. Right? We've seen Anthony Joshua fights, where Joshua's fighting a smaller man, a former cruiser, Usyk. And Joshua's taking several rounds to get aggressive. 
right, folks? You don't have that luxury with Daniel Dubois, right? As I make this video, he's only lost to Joe Joyce. And Joe Joyce literally had to chop down a tree against him. Had to keep that jab pumping. Right? Was more tentative against Dubois than he was Joseph Parker. I understand, too, Dubois is a guy who can loop his punches. Right? And Dubois, let's just say, he's not a Tyson Fury. It's not much of a chess match early. Dubois is a fastball pitcher, again, figuratively speaking. He knows he hits hard. He knows he has hand speed. He knows he's an athlete. He's not afraid to enter the pocket, right? He's not there to dance a lot. This isn't a, okay, where are we going to be? I need to take an inventory here the first few rounds. That's not this fighter. Think about the fight he just had. He comes out, he's getting shelled. His legs have stiffened. He gets dropped three times in the first round. Right? Think about it. You're him. You've been dropped twice in the first round. You get hit hard again and you take a knee for the third knockdown? Folks, that was high risk. The ref could have waved the fight off. Who would argue with the ref? The ref would say, hey, look, one-sided. It was the third time the brother was on the canvas. His legs still look shaky to me. Right? I need for people to think about the opposite of what the press is reporting here. Doesn't the fact that Dubois takes the third knee tell you that this is the stubborn guy? who even after getting dropped twice in a fight, in the first round in his backyard, thinks he still has a chance to win the fight. Right? The Dubois is a quitter narrative that came after the Joe Joyce fight is way off target. Right? I believe in that fight, the guy feared for his vision. Right? Joyce targeted that eye with an excellent jab. Joyce has an excellent jab. Right? No, I believe this guy's the opposite of a quitter. I believe this guy believes so much in his hand speed and his power that with a bad leg, with a clouded head, the guy is just taking knees. He's doing whatever he can to make it out of the second, uh, out of the first round, to make it to the second round because he's convinced he can turn the fight around. And of course, he does. Let me say this too: the last series, and again, I don't feel the fight should have been stopped. I'm one of these old timers who believes if an opponent is in the fight. And here, his opponent had knocked him down three times. If an opponent is in the fight, and if you're just a couple seconds away from the end of the round, you give that opponent the opportunity to recharge his batteries in the corner. If he shows up in the corner and his corner man looks at him and 
Everyone in the corner thinks, hey, man, our guy, it's not his night. He's finished here. He just got shelled. Okay. Corner can throw in the towel. No shame in that. But give him the opportunity to go to his corner. So, yeah, I have a problem with the fight. Let me just say, Dubois has a very high ceiling. The flaws make the diamond. There are going to be some fighters who look at Dubois and who think, hey, I can turn out his lights. Then they're going to get close to him. And I'm just telling you, folks, it's a thin margin of error with him. If you miss a shot on him, even if you land a shot, which Lorena did in that last exchange, look at the exchange. It's a left hook, lands flush on Dubois' jaw. Dubois pauses for a second. Right, just understand that after the pause, Dubois hits hard, has hand speed, is an athlete, is prepared to trade with you. So in this heavyweight division where you have very talented fighters who prefer a more measured fight, right, where it takes Anthony Joshua rounds to get going in the rematch, against Usyk, a cruiser, right, where Usyk himself doesn't seem to have a lot of power at heavyweight. In other words, Joshua goes the distance twice, right? I think Usyk himself's a bit cautious. The 12th round of the first fight made it look like Usyk could stop Joshua if he stepped on the gas, but yet we get to the second fight, and I believe after nine rounds, Joshua's ahead on the scorecards. Right? That kind of fighter is going to be flushed out of his comfort zone by Daniel Dubois. Right? A guy with hand speed, power, and accuracy who's willing to trade is going to drag a lot of guys who prefer to be measured into shootouts. And the shootouts, as we're finding out, favored Dubois. Right? So, I believe Dubois, who's flawed. I'm not here saying I see great defense, especially not when the guy's getting hit hard enough to get dropped three times in the first round. I'm not saying Dubois is the most skilled heavyweight out there. But I do believe because of Dubois' willingness to trade, because of Dubois' belief in himself, where he has a leg that freezes up on him. And his idea isn't to quit, isn't to take a knee and stay down. It's to take a knee, buy time, make it out of the first round, then knock the other guy down two times in the third round to win the fight. Right? I believe Dubois against Usyk is a better fight than AJ against Usyk. Right? I do believe against tall guys with a lot of skills who know how to lean out of the pocket, who are defensively blessed, I believe a Tyson Fury takes Dubois apart. Right? But I do believe it's going to be a fight-specific thing. In other words, Dubois, Anthony Joshua, understand. I think Joshua, once he reads the lay of the land, is a better fighter than Dubois. 
but that's not how I'd bet it. Right, those early rounds, Joshua was going to be tentative, as he was against Povetkin, as he was against Usyk, right, as he was against Klitschko. Joshua was going to be tentative, right? The pace setter is going to be Dubois in that fight. Dubois, Dillian White. Dillian White has a great jab when he throws it. Right? Let's let's add that addendum. But let's just say early in the fight, that'd be a shootout. Dubois is a better athlete than Dillian White. Right? The way to bet Dubois fights might not be to pick a side. It might be to pick the up that the fight doesn't go the distance. Right, because Dubois is going to force better technicians into shootouts, whereas hand speed and power and willingness to trade might rule the day. Understand, Dubois only has to be right once. Right, this is a little bit of a variation of the Joe Lewis line about Billy Kahn, where Joe Lewis said he can run, but he can't hide. Right here you have Dubois who isn't trying to run unless he's been knocked down two or three times in a round. He isn't trying to run. You don't want to find him. How do you keep the fight going long enough where technical skills start to matter? That's going to be a big challenge going forward. This guy already has a minor belt. Right? I'm just telling you, an Usyk against a Dubois, right? Usyk's throwing a lot of feints. I believe they matter to Anthony Joshua. They wouldn't matter that much to Dubois. Do the feints work when the opponent isn't paying a lot of attention to them? When he's just focused on his offense? The great Floyd Mayweather was asked about his toughest fights. One of the guys he named shocked the interviewer. He mentioned Emmanuel Augustus, the drunken master, right? Augustus was a guy who got hit with shots. Augustus ran red lights. Augustus wasn't paying a lot of attention to Floyd's feints. That made Augustus dangerous. That's Daniel Dubois right now. Right, Dubois against Usyk. Let's just say Dubois 6'5. Dubois would be coming forward. I'm not saying he has Usyk skills, right? But he has the advantage of having faith in his offensive attack, right? He would force Usyk to actually fight back. The fight wouldn't be even keel. Usyk wouldn't have the implicit guarantee he had in the Joshua fights of being able to make it to the later rounds. Right? Maybe Usyk gets the KO. Maybe Usyk hits Dubois on the top of the head and Dubois' leg goes and Dubois off balance would then be finished against a guy who moves as well as Usyk. But you could easily see another scenario. Where Dubois comes in, understand this is not Derek Chisora. 
a guy who is determined but who doesn't have top-level power. This is different. This is a different punching talent level. Dubois has top-level power. Dubois has something like 18 KOs in 20 pro fights. Right? He has the punching power. Against a cautious fighter who doesn't want to trade in a square ring with ropes, what does Usyk do if Dubois gets on his front foot and is insistent on trading? Where does Usyk go when the other guy is prepared to run red lights and isn't thrown off by all the feints? I thought Dubois was lucky to win the Lorena fight. I'll be looking at both guys going forward, right? Because Lorena clearly has power. There's no question about that in my mind. I blame the referee on how the fight ended. I believe we were denied a very intriguing round four here, right? But I also consider Dubois to be one of the most interesting heavyweights from a gambling perspective, right? The guy, let's just say it's feast or famine. The one fight he lost, he was stopped in. Most of his fights end by KO, right? Am I confident that an Usyk beats him? I'm not, right? I can tell you in the abstract, Usyk is the much more advanced fighter. I don't think the fact that Usyk is a lefty would bother Dubois because I think Dubois is in the ring looking at the fight from his perspective. Right? I believe he believes so much in his game that the way he sees these fights is, how is this guy going to stop me? Right, I'm not going to be tentative. If the other guy is hinting at throwing a straight left, he might as well throw the straight left. Even if he hits me with the straight left, I'm willing to take the punch to land my own right hand. Which one of us hits harder? Right, He's dangerous. I believe he's going to be dangerous for some time, right? You need to put him in the mix of guys who could pull a major upset and end up with multiple heavyweight titles. That's how I see it. Let me hear from you. I believe he's like Ernie Shavers in the 70s. He's like Ray Mercer in the 90s. Right, this is a guy who you understand is dangerous, whoever his opponent. Right, Ernie Shavers, for those who don't know, came the closest to stopping Larry Holmes in the 70s when Holmes was on an unbeaten streak. Larry gets off the canvas, doesn't know where he is. Right, Shavers then, of course, caught Kenny Norton, ended his night in the first round. Right, Ray Mercer, if you want to see Lennox Lewis tested, just pull up the Lennox Lewis-Ray Mercer fight. Understand, Ray Mercer was in against a bigger man who was a huge puncher. And Mercer is trying to trade with Lennox Lewis. That's Daniel Dubois. 
I believe he's dangerous. I believe he has faster hands than both Mercer and Ernie Shavers, right? Folks might remember Mercer beating Tommy Morrison, who we now know was juiced up. Dubois is going to have some big nights, some huge nights at heavyweight, right? Don't sleep on him. I'm not saying he's a refined technician. But what I am saying is he's game. He believes in his tools. He's the fastball pitcher who can throw 98 miles an hour. That's how I see it. Let me hear from you. I hope you leave your comments in the comment section of this YouTube video. Thanks for stopping by.